Hi, I'm Beth. I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number two. We are going to start off with our regular segments called In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover. Then, I will be sharing my story about getting into nutrition and transitioning to motherhood. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and are not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome! Hello! Hi, Andrea. How's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? It's going well. Um... Going, getting over a cold this week, so um, hopefully I can hang in there with all the, the talking that's my turn, but um, <laughs> finally getting some sleep again, so it was a little bit rough there. I always get frustrated when my child's sleeping through the night, but I have troubles. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I know my, I think my, Remy slept through the night, I think twice this week, and both nights the dog got up to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the absolute worst. My cats are actually the the worst culprits. They'll meow in the middle of the night and wake me up. My, oh my dog's gosh. been pretty good. Do you guys know that got a new dog recently, right? Yeah, about gosh, a month ago. It was exactly a month ago now because we got her on November 11th, and it is December 11th as we are recording this. So oh, fun. She is adjusting. We got her from Houston, so it's. I think the weather has been a big change for her. She does mm-hmm. not like the cold. Oh yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, Very tough. so she does not want to go outside. Nice. And then realizes at two thirty in the morning that maybe she should go outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she stopped peeing in the house now, which is good. So. That's, that's always a plus. We got our dog in um, August, and she was oh. pretty close. She was night trained by the time we got her, and we just had to get her used to used to reading her signals and that kind of thing. So that was our biggest transition. But she was about eleven months old when we got her, so that was pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, ours is three and a half years old, so she's... So she should know. And it was just, I think she didn't want to go outside and just, like, had no idea where she was. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so... But she's been really good. Nice. Do you have any more updates, or did you want to just get started? Um, I think, yeah, nothing too interesting has happened in this past week, just getting ready for the holidays. Um, we got our Christmas tree, like a good Jewish girl I am. We have a Christmas tree <laughs> and Christmas decorations up. We like to celebrate all the holidays and just have fun with it yeah Hanukkah starts tomorrow right yep we got uh lights on our house for the first time this year so I was like super excited about that and by we I mean my husband did it <laughs> nice <laughs> he did a really good job so it's That's fun good. let's see we um we went and saw Santa this weekend and we went when we could bring the dog too so that was kind of nice that uh the dog's actually smiling better than my child I think but um it was still pretty fun that's and we awesome. had our first snow. <gasps> really? Oh my yes. gosh. We got I guess about... oh yeah, you're in you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So we so. got three inches of snow, so we made a snowman and went sledding because that's apparently what you can do with three inches of snow. Absolutely. Oh that's so fun. We went and saw Santa too with a dog at PetSmart and Remy so far anyone who holds him he does not care he smiles like I always joke that he would just you know go off with a stranger put him in Santa's lap and just instantly started crying and I was like oh okay <laughs> well I mean Santa's I a little I'll... scary yeah let's be honest <laughs> all right time. let's move on to our first segments we're gonna do in the kitchen a your quick nutrition tips this week's tip is from Andrea 
All right. So one of my big tips for people, especially those who are just started getting cooking or maybe have tried cooking in the past and it just feels really overwhelming, is to make sure you have the right supplies. So to me, the absolute essentials are a really large cutting board and a really good sharp knife. Um, I was at someone's, this tip came about because I was at someone's house who does not like cooking and I was preparing something there and they had this tiny little cutting board and this like really crappy knife and I was making like a squash casserole, something that required a lot and I was like, oh my gosh, I can see why you hate cooking because she was kind of like, oh my gosh, how are you prepping this? Isn't this such a pain? And I was like, well, yeah, when this is your equipment. <laughs> so, um, you know, then it, started, it occurred to me that not everyone has good equipment and a really, and all you need is one good knife. I feel like I don't honestly even understand the difference between the different knives. We have a whole set and I just kind of use whichever one I grab. I'm sure there is a difference, but I would say if you have just a really good chef's knife, um, like the 10 inch one or eight inch one, it should be plenty. And then as big of a cutting board as your space allows for. Um, that way when you're chopping onions, when you're chopping vegetables, they don't go flying everywhere. They all stay on the cutting board and you can chop multiple vegetables up at once. And it really does make the whole uh, thing a whole lot more fun. So that's uh, my tip. I re- <laughs> I saw that we were doing this tip this week and I channeled it this weekend because we have like our regular cutting boards and then I have like my fancy cutting board that's like for the, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas turkey. Mm-hmm. And my regular ones are so much smaller, but I got a whole pineapple that I needed to prep, and then I was going to make two Instant Pots worth of soup for the week. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting the big cutting board out for this. Andrea's going to be so proud of me. And yes. it, was, it was amazing because I chopped like six potatoes, and I could leave it all on the same cutting board while I was working it instead of having to like shove it all off to the side. Totally. So, yeah, that was that's, I love that tip, and I hope our listeners do too. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about our movement makeover for this week. And I am going to sort of channel that inner powerhouse person that you want to be and tell you to take more trips. So I don't know about you, but ever since I was kind of on my own and went to college, I it was like my goal when I went grocery shopping to carry all the groceries in at once. I'd layer up all the bags on my arms like – six on each side, pop them over my shoulders and walk up my like three, four, you know, three story walk up apartment so that I didn't have to do it like twice because heaven forbid I uh, walk on the, up the stairs twice. And so what I'd like to challenge you to do is to take more trips, maybe grab one bag at a time and go back and forth. Maybe, you know, and if you've got 20, maybe you can do one in each hand, but don't try to take all 20 or in at once because that gets you a couple extra steps and a little bit extra activity with it. I love this and I totally also thought about it this weekend since I knew it was your tip because I do the same thing except we have like the paper bags and it's really hard to like hold multiple ones and like my hands are always dying but I'm like must hold all of them and I was like hmm. or I could walk like the 15 feet back out to my car twice and I did. I feel like the canvas so bags funny. make it so much easier to carry more at once because yeah. they're so sturdy so you can just sling them all together. Totally. I'm so bad at remembering to bring mine. I have so many reusable bags and I forget mm-hmm. all the time. And a lot of times I'll even put them in the car and then I still forget to take them into the store. <laughs> we have one of our grocery stores. You can scan things to check out as you go. 
And so that really mm. has helped us remember to bring that because we can't do that if we don't bring our own bags. Uh, and it makes it makes so much easier at the end because as soon as you put your last grocery in the bin, you go to the self-checkout, you scan everything, and you're good to go. Like you scan oh your scanner gosh. and then it's done. That's amazing. It's really nice. Wow, I'm jealous of that. <laughs> it's not our preferred grocery store, but it is the closest one, so that helps. Nice. All right. So this week I get to tell you all about my story. My story starts, I think, a little bit later in life than Andrea does. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how far back I really want to go. Um, I have always been interested in sports and activities. It's always been a variety. I never chose one sport specifically that I played. Um, in, I did gymnastics and softball and tennis and I swam. And in the, actually middle school, I started having some back discomfort and it was on and off. It never really impacted me too much, but I just had general like back issues once in a while and knee issues once in a while. But it just was like, oh, well, my dad has back pain too. This is just a normal part of life. And then um, I thought it was a good idea. I played rugby in high school and college, which is really fantastic when you have back issues. <laughs> but um, and then with my history of some back discomfort, I always knew that I wanted to be a physical therapist. So I entered into a program that I could just go to school for, you know, as quickly as possible and come out with a physical therapy degree. And I was convinced that I wanted to own my own PT outpatient clinic and work with sports kind of injuries. But then I fell in love with pediatrics. So that's where I went. And I have been working in the field of pediatric physical therapy for about six years. On the day before I took my PT exam, I was unable to get out of bed. My husband actually, well, not not at the time, but my now husband actually had to pick me up out of bed on the day of my exam so that I could get into the car to go take it because my back was so painful. But I didn't want to go to the doctor beforehand because I was like, if they give me medicine or something, like I don't want to miss my exam. So I got through my exam by taking like icy hot patches and ibuprofen at every chance that I was allowed to take a break. I went and I switched out the pack and I took took more ibuprofen and then I immediately drove myself to the emergency room after that. So that was a pretty rough one. Um, the reason I think that that one was so bad was that the weekend before I decided to do a triathlon and then I sat and studied on a picnic bench all weekend which is really great for posture, let me tell you. Study for your PT exam on a picnic bench. So then my back pain's always been kind of up and down. Depending on what I do things, I can tweak it. It might kind of hold me up for a little bit, but it didn't affect my life significantly. I had exercises that if I did them, I felt okay. If I didn't do them, I didn't, so I tried to stay on them. I kind of went in and out of that. And then fast forward a little bit, my husband and I decided we wanted to start having kids, so we got pregnant, and I was, my pregnancy wasn't too terrible. I was nauseous for a while. I had all-day sickness for about 24 weeks, but I just decided that that was the sign of a, of a healthy little one, and I managed my back at that point because pregnancy does wonders on ligaments that I did some physical therapy and also chiropractic work to kind of get through my pregnancy. 
And then my childbirth, which always goes as expected, I ended up with a surprise C-section. And in my head, I am convinced that the C-section is what led to further back injury because, you know, they have to cut your abs open to get in there. So about three months postpartum, I was participating in kind of like a mommy fitness exercise group. And I thought it was a great idea to do what everyone else was, which was burpees. And I did the burpees and they were fine. And then I bent over the stroller and I felt my back go out. But it was my first time at the class and I didn't want to tell anybody that I had done something or sit out. I wanted to be tough because that is who I am. So I continued the class and I was able to get through the rest of it. And then I want to say maybe it was that afternoon I was sitting on the couch. My daughter was down for a nap and I went, she started crying and I went to run up the stairs and my back just gave out and I couldn't move and I was really scared. My husband fortunately was home but was in the shower so I'm screaming at the top of my lungs that I can't move and he ends up like finally hearing me and I'm laying down on the floor. My husband ended up getting my daughter. Don't worry, she was fine and I just, I couldn't move. I was laying on my back I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom, and so we ended up calling the emergency room. Um, had an ambulance come pick me up. They took me there. They, I'm laying in this hospital bed pumping before they give me medicine because I didn't want anything in there, and why waste that liquid gold? So, um, and the biggest concern was that I, I couldn't pee. I could was in so much pain that I just could not relieve myself. And they like scanned my bladder, which was totally full. They gave me more fluids and it was just, it was scary. So they finally gave me a CT scan and they, which found, or not a CT, sorry, an MRI. And they found that I had two herniated discs, which was nothing new. I knew that I had them before, but maybe they were a little bit more aggravated. After that experience though, it was scared me because, you know, before when my back was pain in pain, the only thing that I had to worry about was me. But now I've got this child that I'm taking care of. And what if I throw out my back when my husband's not at home or doing something else? So that really, I think, jump-started me that I'm a PT and I'm having this ongoing back pain. And I know a lot about the mechanics of back pain. Maybe that there's something that I'm not doing right. So I kind of went, I was maybe kind of a yo-yo dieter. I was never that crazy about dieting because I just love food too much. So, um, but we did around my daughter, when she was four months old, we did our first Whole30. And I feel like we did it how everybody does their first Whole30. It's like, well, they say that it's not about losing weight, but let's do it to see if we can lose some pregnancy weight. And my husband's like, yeah, I've got the post-baby weight too. So we did that together and we enjoyed it. We both felt really good on it, but we ignored all the reintroduction kinds of things and just went back into it and gradually fell back into just regular eating, which was generally healthy, but I know that I indulge in sugar way more than my body really wants me to. And then over time, I was just starting to see with my own clients and myself that there was something to this nutrition aspect. I started listening to some podcasts about nutrition and I said, you know, this is, there's something to this. And then I realized that a lot of my 10, 12, 14 year old clients were coming back over and over again 
for reoccurring injuries, and they also had diagnoses like diabetes and Crohn's disease and celiac disease and all these sort of inflammatory kind of conditions, and their their aches and pains weren't going away, and they were 10 years old. So that really kind of settled me into, I think I want to go to school for nutrition and see what else I can do for that. On top of all of that, we were trying to have a second child, and I couldn't understand that I felt like I was healthier than I ever was when we got pregnant with our first child. Why were we not getting pregnant with our second? So all throughout school, I was kind of focusing on that aspect. Um, I decided to do the NTA program and get my uh, nutritional therapy practitioner certification. And it was really astounding to me, the changes that I could make in myself in food and nutrition and how to really, how that impacted how I felt on the day-to-day. I'll be honest though, it's still, I'm still having back issues. I'd still wake up in the morning in pain, no matter what I felt like, no matter what foods I cut out or what I tried to add in. So I ended up seeing a functional medicine doctor who put me on a fairly strict, a kind of restrict things that I had to take out. And I'm an obliger based on Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. So having somebody else tell me this is what you should do was really helpful for me. Started tracking my progress and I saw him for about four months this past summer. And after working with him in combination with exercises and in my opinion in adding meditation and mindfulness and other aspects of mental health to the whole program, I have never had as good of kind of back management as I do now. So that really, I think the combination of using multiple practitioners and multiple approaches has been how I really kind of became so passionate about helping other people kind of find find what works best for them. I've always felt like, well, if I just focus on exercise, it'll be fine. And then I did CrossFit, and every every other week I would throw out my back, and it was I'd be out for a week, and then I'd go back, and then I'd throw it out again. And I never actually threw it out during the exercises. It was always the next day. So I never put it together that it was just the stress of the activity and not the activity itself. Um, I think that the other big thing that has, that really got me going was while when I was pregnant, it was always an excuse to eat the whole foods, brownies and the extra sweets and the extra treats, you know, you're eating for two, go for it. And when I had my daughter and we started feeding her, I was like, but I want her to eat all the good stuff. You see so many kids, and you know what? There's a certain age where you can only have so much control over what your child eats. But you can give them an example that is really, that sets forth what what they see. Because there's a long, at least for me, there's a long time where your child really wants to emulate what you're doing. So if you're eating not preferred foods or foods that you don't want your child to eat, you really can't tell your child not to eat them. 
So we started her off with vegetables and fruits and meats. And we pretty much just made dinner for ourselves and cut them into strips that she could hold and let her gnaw on it. And to this day, I mean, if I give her a plate of pasta, she will gobble the entire thing up. But if you ask her what her favorite food is, she says chicken. She loves fish. Her her favorite, she loves tomatoes and cucumbers and red peppers. Those are like her absolute favorite. Um, I don't... <laughs> In a lot of, and with my functional medicine doctor, I actually cut out quite a bit of fruit, which was the saddest thing to do over the summer. But I think it finally made me beat some of my sugar cravings. But my poor daughter, well, if I'm not buying it for me, it's just not there. So we have apples and bananas, but I recently bought strawberries and she's like over the moon of this like sweet treat that we get of strawberries versus the usual bananas and apples. So I think it's really important to to teach your children moderation and to let them experience what what food's supposed to be like and how to enjoy it and how to experience it and how it makes you feel. So that's something that's always been a little hard for me. It's like, well, I know I don't feel good if I eat six cupcakes, but who's here to tell me not to? So I think the biggest thing for me was overcoming a relationship with food and realizing that I could still love food, but it didn't need to have power over me. So I think that's the biggest thing that got me to where I am today is figuring out what relationship I have with food, what relationship I have with exercise, and then what relationship I have with myself. And that's how what I hope to share with everyone. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, It's really cool to hear that. Um, And oh my gosh, I can't believe you took your PT exams in that condition. That is, that baffles me. That's pretty badass. (laughs) And I passed too. I I don't think I mentioned that. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's amazing. But what I loved, what really stood out to me when you were talking was that combination approach. I think it's so easy to be like, okay, this one thing is going to do it. Okay, let me just do this one thing here, this one thing there. Yeah, like take the perfect supplement or do this perfect exercise. And yeah, that's also what I've been realizing over the past few years is that it's just the combination of everything. Um, I feel like sometimes you hear people tell their stories and they'll be like, and then I did this thing and that was what cured everything. And I feel like it completely neglects like all the work they probably did leading up to that point yeah like maybe there was one thing that really made a shift but would that have made the shift had they not done all the other work before you know like mindfulness Mm -hmm. like you're talking about is so important but if you hadn't been working on exercise and nutrition it's like would that have been enough um and vice versa for all of the things so anyways I really love that I think I think it's just a really hard thing to measure. So science doesn't like that, or it's really hard to do experiments on that. But that doesn't mean that it's that we could, should just ignore that. Right, right. <laughs> so, and I also love the leading by example for your kids. I think that's what we're trying to do with ours. So that's cool to hear that it's working. <laughs> so far, but you know, she she chooses other battles. Um, but you know, food is something. Food, exercise, like those are things that are so important to us. She. We watch weightlifting and she has this like plastic barbell and she goes out and she pretends to put her hands in the chalk and then oh walks goodness. over, puts her hands on the barbell. It's like, 
waiting for the other person to go. And as soon as they bring the barbell up to do a clean, like she does a clean and then then they do their jerk and she's got it. And it's just, she loves it. Like she's so content watching weightlifting. I'm like, what? Who are you? Three-year-old watching weightlifting? Oh my gosh. My husband's going to be so happy to hear that. I'm sure that's exactly what he wants. You've seen those like plastic barbells and like the little like rogue kid barbells. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. (laughs) I was like, no, we can't put that on our baby list. Let's at least wait till he's like three. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, awesome. Well, so out of all this, like what's the best piece of advice you um, have received or maybe wish you received um, in becoming a mom? Well, the best piece of advice that I received was actually I received it right before my wedding. Someone told me that on the day of my wedding, just take a moment and stand back and watch and take it all in and just be there because we get so caught in the day-to-day and the moment and everything that needs to be done that you forget to sit back and enjoy yourself. So I have taken that advice through life and especially in parenthood to just sit once in a while, like when she's playing by herself or maybe when she's screaming at me, just to like sit and smile and watch. She actually yelled at me the other day because she was crying. It was about something silly. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let her cry and let her have her moment and I'm just going to be here. So I'm sitting out there smiling at her. Mommy, stop smiling at me. No, don't smile. But you know, I and I I respect that too. But I that's definitely, I think the best piece of advice I received. I don't remember who. I think it was someone I used to work with in my first job that told me that. And I've taken it through life with me. That's awesome. I actually I think someone told me something similar at my wedding too. And it's like I have moments now that I feel like when I think of my wedding are the moments I think about because those were like the moments where I stopped and did that and was like just taking it all in. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so what's been the hardest part about being a mom? The hardest part is figuring out what your child needs. And I kept thinking, well, once she talks, it'll be easier. No, because once they start to talk, the issues become more complex and they still can't tell you what they are. So it's, before it was, okay, are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you uh, just need some hugs? Do you need some uh, t- uh, stimulation? And now it's like, do you need Do you need me? Do you want me to go away? Do you need space? Do you need independent play? Do you need a snack? Do you have to go to the bathroom? Like, what's going on here? So I think that's really the hardest, the struggle that I've had is I keep waiting for it being easier to tell what she needs and it continually I'll figure something out and then all of a sudden it changes and it's like, Oh, still don't know. Yeah. I was just thinking that the other day. I'm like, oh, I wish you could just talk and tell me, but I guess that clearly doesn't make it easier. So never mind. Sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, what about what's the best part about being a mom? I like watching her grow. I always thought as a pediatric PT that like the gross motor skills were going to be the best part and again, watching her roll and crawl and walk was going to be the most fun. But really, I mean, seeing her language grow, seeing her mind develop, seeing her relationships with her grandparents and her aunt and uncle and her friends and seeing all of that just grow. 
I, I just can't get enough of it. And it's, it's so wonderful. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> Very awesome. All right. So we are going to wrap up with our me time segment, how we hold ourselves accountable to take care of ourselves. So Andrea, what have you been doing this week to take care of you? All right. So this one might sound a little funny, but I feel like I've been in such a kick of like self-care and like with my clients being like, oh my gosh, you know, are you really putting yourself first and whatnot that I have realized that I've fallen into the trap of not doing things and blaming it on self-care. Like, oh no, I shouldn't do that right now because really I'm tired and I shouldn't go and (laughs) do this one thing and I'm totally, you know, caring for myself by doing that. And so I realize it's gotten to the extreme now of procrastination and it's just an excuse for me to procrastinate. I think you might need to go back to last week where we said get it yourself. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) So so I've been really just better about evaluating my needs. So really taking that step back when I'm um, choosing to not do something to be like okay am I not in not me not doing this in this moment is that really self-care or am I going to regret this later on like is this then something tonight at midnight and I'm like oh my god I needed to have done that today and now I can't go to bed on time so therefore that's not self-care because now I'm just going to bed later because I didn't accomplish it earlier in the day so I think I've just been taking that mindful step back to figure out, okay, what really can be held off, what really needs to get done, and doing those things, and then separating from like, okay, yeah, no, this really does not need to get done, and this isn't important, and this is self-care to not do it. I guess almost just looking at things that need to be done as self-care in themselves, like, okay, if I clean my kitchen, I am much happier because... I like that, like, peaceful, clean environment, and that makes everything else better um, versus tempting in the moment to be like, no, that doesn't need to get done because it's really not important. But then later on, I'm, like, all frazzled and, like, irritated that it's dirty. So mm-hmm. that's actually not the best example because my husband's actually really good at cleaning our kitchen. <laughs> so it's not like I really do that much anyways, but it's other things that I clean. So, yeah. So that's what I've been doing, um, and I think it's been helping a lot. So how about yourself? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of getting over a cold this week. And so what I did last week was I went to bed. And normally, especially if we get my daughter down early, we will watch like an hour of TV. And just usually just one hour because I can never handle much more than that. Um, But I actually got myself into bed like between 8.45 and 9.30 almost every night last week because... I was waking up early because I couldn't breathe, I was coughing all night, or those kinds of things. So I just said, it's not worth it to watch TV. And usually, I mean, I don't go to bed that late. I usually go to bed by 10, 10 10.30 at the latest. But that extra half hour to an hour made such a difference in getting myself healthier, faster. Um, This cold went through my entire family. For most people, it lasted about two weeks, and I'm knocking it out in about, about a week, so... I feel like that has been the best thing for me. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to channel that more this week of this going to bed. <laughs> Time is like my biggest struggle. <laughs> I have generally always been someone that has valued sleep so much. Like 
people used to go out and I'd be like, all right, I'll start with you guys. And when you actually go out, I will go to bed by like 11. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a party pooper on the night front, but I think it boded well for me to save up on all that sleep before being a parent. Gosh, yeah, seriously. I know I loved, I remember in college, I like loved football days because it's like we would start, you know, partying at like noon and then it's like, all right, crash by 8 p.m. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> Except there were a lot of other nights that I did not do that at all. So I stayed up way too late. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to get yourself a knife and a big cutting board and to take more trips with your groceries. Next week, we will be starting listener questions and then hopefully guests after that. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. For more from me, Beth, head on over to feedsofreallyads.com. For special updates that you don't get anywhere else, subscribe to my email list. You can find Andrea at www.lifelibertyhealth.com. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com. 